It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Wizards Podcast. It's your host, The Real Ed Oliver. And today we have a special guest, Brandon Scott, special uh, longtime listener, longtime Washington Wizards fan, a DC sports fan. Today we're going to get into a line into the rotations. As before we do get into it, I just want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Brandon, how are you feeling today? Doing well, doing well. How's everybody doing? Excited to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, so like I said, we're going to talk about lineups and rotations, um, maybe some minute dis- distribution here, what lineups we like to see, you know, who our starting five is, closing lineups, starting lineups, you know, defense, situational um, parts of the game, which situation, which guys you would have in, which guys you would have out. So just to get started, who is your starting five? Starting five? Um, at the point guard position, got to go with Monte Morris. Um, key acquisition is offseason. Um mm-hmm. Reason I like Morris at the point guard position, I mean, I will admit I was a little skeptical because, um, you know, Spencer did with the combo guard experiment we did last offseason. But, you know, the one thing we've been trying to see from this lineup for a while is uh, picking the pace up. I think with Morris, the tempo will get faster. And I see the, uh, Bradley Bill making a comeback statistical-wise because the tempo is going to be faster this um, this season. So um, I see Monte Morris starting point, uh, backup point. I do see uh, DeLon Wright. Uh, he can defend. He can shoot from behind the arc. Um, perfect, perfect point guard to, to, to lead a second unit. So if you know point guard position, I see you know it's it's an upgrade. You know we definitely upgraded this offseason. Um, two guard, obviously, you know the real Bill. You know franchise guy. You know he's two guard. <laughs> uh, back up. You know this is uh, the one spot that's kind of you know at first you want to say Corey Kispert at the two guard backing up bill, but Johnny Davis, um, you know, summer league wasn't the best showing, but I do think he will bounce back and you could see, you know, Johnny Davis making his way into the lineup, backing up bill at the two guard position. Um, on the wing, man, this is, this is the question at all season. You know what I mean? Uh, who's going to play the wing, but I see, you know, Will Barton, but I can, you know, you could definitely see Kyle Kuzma maybe uh, play the three. Uh, but for right now, I would say you know, Will Barton's going to be the, the small forward starting going forward. And backing him up, you know, I see Denny Advia. Um, Denny, you know, I like seeing the videos of him improving his shot. You know, with uh, Drew Hanlon, uh, I like what I see from him. You know, so uh, the, the the power forward position, you know, Kyle Kuzma for right now, obviously, uh, being the vet guy and uh, backing him up would be Rui. Is obviously subject to change. And finally, the center position, uh, you got to go with KP. Uh, Gafford would be the backup, so that that would be my starting five. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I think you know West brought Monte Morris to start. Obviously, West and Tommy Shepard bringing in his Nuggets guys. Uh, of course, you know real deal Bradley Bill starting at the two. 
Barton at the three. I think that's the biggest question mark or the biggest competition. You know, is it, is it going to be Rui Hachimura? Is it going to be Denny Avia starting at the three? I think Wes and Tommy, they brought the Nuggets guys here for a reason. And I think they brought Will Barton here to make Wes Unsell comfortable. Um, and Will Barton and Monte Morris, you know, they're better three-point shooters. They're, they're better, you know, shooters than what we had last year. Spencer Dinwiddie and some other guys on the roster. Um, you did trade away KCP, who was one of your better three-point shooters. But Will Barton, you know, he shoots about 36 37% from the three. Uh, for his career, Monte Morris, 37% from the three last year as well at the point guard precision. Um, Denny, he just has to improve on finishing around the finishing around the room. I know defensively, it would be somewhat of a sieve defensively. I know real plus defensive minus. Will Barton was really he was top twenty, so was Monte Morris. Um, but we just got to see competitions. Rui's in there too, but Tommy Shepard talked about talked about these guys, you know, being reserves during the summer league in interviews. So we'll see what happens there. But I think my prediction is Will Barton, just like yours. Uh, he brings playmaking and athleticism. Then at the four. Kuzma, I think he earned that spot last year with how well he played. Uh, he was super clutch for the team, so he was he was our best clutch player, but best player in the, in the crunch time. And then, of course, uh, the unicorn Porzingis at the five. So we basically are on the same page. Yes, sir. I mean, you know, here's the thing with depth. I mean, we have a lot of depth, and that's a good thing. Um, you know, looking at the contract situation, you know, we knew that Bradley Bill was going to sign a Supermax. So, you know, finding the pieces to kind of fit around that. And, you know, and, I, and like I said, I, I like the direction that Tommy's going. He's trying. You know, uh, I think John Collins would be an upgrade, you know, looking at this lineup. And, you know, and, and so that, you know, the plus with this lineup is you have a lot of depth and you have a lot of pieces that could easily fit in or you could trade, you know, you know, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of things he could do. In a general um, general manager's office, so you know I like the team going forward. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the point about Johnny Davis—that's an interesting one. I do want to ask you about that one too. We'll get we'll get to you know our ten guys in a rotation who we think is going to be a, bar, a part of the rotation. I think that's where it gets a little dicey with Johnny Davis yeah. and some other guys. Um, but before we do get into the rotation, our ten man rotation, or you might have an eleven man rotation. You know, I don't know. But before we do get into that, this episode is brought to you by. Bet online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports, wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Better line where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Um, and then, yeah, you, you brought up an interesting point about John Collins. You know, I talked about that in the episode with the uh, Locked On Hawks podcast. I I don't see it happening. If they were able to keep Kuzma, I would make the move. But if Kuzma's involved, I've said this before, I just think it's a lateral move. But John Collins would definitely raise the athleticism and the shooting and the spacing. But... Um, I just think if, if you have to include Kuz, then I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do the deal. Yeah, I agree, and, and you kind of see the pain of being a general manager because you know right. you, you see players you like. I mean, Kuz came up big, 
you know, and he broke a lot of stigmas about his game last season. If you look at it, you know, a lot of people looked at his Laker years are saying, you know, he, you know, his success was because, you know, it was a young team. So he had more touches than LeBron shows up and, you know, you know, they're saying he, you know, he rode LeBron and I don't agree, you know, his game took a significant step forward last season. You know, you saw a lot of leadership, you know, you saw, you know, and I'm not always a believer in, you know, the championship, you know, sometimes people just happen to be on the team, you know, sometimes people, you know, <laughs> but you see the mentality as far as bringing that Lakers mentality over to the Washington Wizards, you know, the leadership was just wow. You know, especially with a lot of the stuff that happened last season with leadership, you know, he stepped up big. So, I mean, he, his, uh, his value went up, um, his, the way the organization probably views him has gone up. And, and so I definitely like what I saw from Kuz last season. Definitely. Yeah. I like how you brought up leadership. So this ties into some of the log jam they had last year, guys fighting for minutes, guys fighting for touches, being vocal about getting enough touches. Um, you know, we had a couple of disputes in the locker room and conflicts. So, um, we have a lot of depth at pieces, but I know the words that were used last year by the front office was that, you know, it's a good problem to have until it becomes, they kept saying that, but it's a good problem to have until it becomes a problem. So who is your 10 man rotation and who, who would you have as the odd man out? That's hard because I'm a believer in Johnny Davis. I mean, I know his summer <laughs> league was not the best, but I mean, athleticism, I mean, if you watch him play, I mean, you can't help but to be impressed. His game is, you know, and if you look at a lot of the NBA-ready talent in this draft, you know, we I think we found a gem because I mean, his athleticism is through the roof, you know. So, um, yeah, that's where it gets tricky, um, that last, that 9 to 10 man spot because, you know, Kispert last season stepped up. You know, he, he did a lot more than I think a lot of people expected him to do. You know, a lot of people expected him to be a spot-up guy, which he was. But, you know, he, you know, driving a lane, you know, his his IQ showed. And that comes along with playing at a program like Gonzaga. You know, the, the coaching and shows from college. So, um, 10-man rotation, you know, obviously, you know, Monte Morris, DeLon Wright, real Bill, you know, the same lineup. But like you said, that 9 to 10 spot, that's tricky, man. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, the last two spots I see – Kisper and Johnny Davis, because that's really, that's the big competition spot. Um, and you could say that the four will be a competition, but, you know, to me, Kuzma's got the four, unless he chooses to play the three. You know, he's got the four just because he played well last year. You know, really, to his credit, you know, he had, a, you know, he came later in the season. But that three-point shot, I mean, he improved his game, and that's all you can ask for from Rui is that if you're going to, you know, if you're going to, you know, things happen in life, and uh, he came late in the game, but, you know, he improved his game. You know, and that's the big question mark we had for him before last season was his three-point shot. So, to me, you know, as far as the 10-man roster, those last two spots, you know, Corey Kispert and Johnny Davis, that's where the battle is. So, Right, yeah. So, my list, I'll give you my 10 and then you give your 10. So, my okay. 10 is, is, of course, the starting five with Morris. Monte Morris, Brad Bill, Will Barton, Kuz of the four, Porzingis to the five. Backing them up, like you, you already, you basically said your backups with DeLon Wright. Um, you did say Johnny Davis or Kispert, so I got Kispert right behind Bill. I do have Johnny Davis as the third string shooting guard, and a lot of it is because of the summer league. And you know, I'm, I'm a big Johnny Davis fan too. I really like what I saw at Wisconsin. I love the defense. I love the effort, the energy. I know you know the mid range game is not the the prettiest analytic way of scoring the ball. You know, he made a lot of tough shots. 
use physicality, former football player, um, a lot of isolations at Wisconsin, had the ball in his hands a lot, which is going to be different here. He's going to be more of a 3 and D guy. And, you know, he didn't create a lot of separation in the summer league and wasn't good from the – he was actually better – he still wasn't good from the three-point line. was like 33% as well. But um, just didn't have a lot of counter moves, got stopped, got stuck on the island. So it is concerning. Uh, but I think he can get some minutes out there defensively. Uh, but, yeah, I got DeLon Wright backing up Morris. Kispert backing up Bill. You brought up Kispert being a really coachable player, really good moving without the ball, really good cutter. Can knock down a three, of course. Played a lot better in the second half. Was a is athletic, too. Is an athletic finisher as well. Um, Denny right behind Will Barton. So that's eight guys right there. Rui is the ninth guy right behind Kyle Kuzma. Daniel Gafford is my tenth guy right behind Porzingis. Johnny Davis would be third string for me, right behind Corey Kispert. Isaiah Todd uh, would be third string, right behind Rui if he's on the roster. Todd Gibson would be my third big, and then uh, Vernon Carey would be the fourth center. Jordan Shackle, if he makes the roster, he would be the third point guard. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay. And I I hate to use the easy way out, but that's exactly Mm -hmm. what I would have chosen. Um, Right. You know, like I said, a lot of depth. Um, Summer League, I'll tell you what else really impressed me in Summer League, Vernon Carey. Mm-hmm. Um, he, yeah, he, he, was, he really he showed out. You know, I, I like what I saw from him. Um, Taj Gibson, you know, a lot of people, you know, raise eyebrows with the move to get him. But, I mean, you can't put a price on leadership. And he's he's proven that even, exactly. you know, in advanced years. I'm not going to, you know, call advanced years because I'm 36. But, you know, you know, <laughs> he's older, you know, NBA standards-wise, you know. and But the leadership, you know, you look at any championship pedigree team. You know, leadership is the biggest key. You know, not to, you know, this uh, last couple of days, you've heard a lot about Draymond Green, you know, him asking for a max contract extension. And then, you know, it's got people thinking, what, you know, what price do you put on leadership? And then you can easily look at Golden State and say, you know, without Draymond Green's leadership, do they still win those championships? And you can get even farther back. You know, look at the leadership and the defensive prowess of Dennis Rodman with the Bulls teams. You know, the leadership showed up, you know, so leadership's big. So, you know, uh, looking at the – and I hate to, you know, go off topic, but, you know, looking at the um, the rotation is hard because where do you really play Taj Gibson? Because I think mm-hmm. he's still got, you know, a little game left to play. So, you know, it, it's tough. It's, it's tough. But, depth, you know, depth's a good thing. But like you said, it could be a good thing till it's not. And, you know, last year, you know, we went on a roll 10-3, and three, and, you know, people were looking at, like, you know, you know it's my time to get some playing minutes, and it became an right. issue. So. So, you know, I'm with you. That's, that that would be mine, too. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Trez, you know, he was getting MVP chance. He was he was legitimately an MVP candidate. When we were 10-3, and three, you know, he wanted, he wanted more touches. You know, he said, you kind know, of scroll get a nut, and then didn't, uh, didn't really not know in his role. But, no, I like the points that you brought up about Taj. Taj is going to be a good leader. He may not, you know, put up double doubles or 20 points and 10 rebounds or anything like, like he did with the Bulls when he was killing the Wizards back in the playoffs <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago. But, no, he's going to be a good leader. I mean, he's going to have that Udonis Haslam type of role for the Miami Heat. You know, I know the, the Wizards don't have <laughs> – excuse me, they, they haven't had, you know, playoff um, success like the Miami Heat have the past couple of years or decade. But 
I think he can come in and have a Udon- Udonis Haslam role. Now, when Gafford, when he does get in foul, if I'm going to say when he – I don't want to say when he does because I hate to speak <laughs> that into existence. But if Gafford, you know, has two quick fouls, you're going to have to put another center in there. You're going to have to put another big in there. It could be Vernon Carey like you brought up. Vernon Carey had a great summer league. He was probably the best player on the Wizards summer league. It was between him and – I mean, it's and, and Shackle. But – um. Yeah, I think if Gaff gets in foul trouble, then you're going to have to throw Todd Gibson in there. He's just another big body that's going to bring some physicality and toughness in there that the Wizards don't have a lot of. Um, so I, I think that would be great. Uh, but, yeah, this is, once again, that small forward and power forward spot, you know, guys are going to be fighting for minutes. You know, Barton, is he, going, is he going to be playing at the two? Is he going to be at the three? You know, would he be better as a six-man? How do you feel about Will Barton starting? Um, and do you think there's – you know, it's, it's of course – it's not always about the starter. It's about, you know, who finishes the game. How do you feel about that small force? Why do you see Denny Avdia having a chance or Rui having a chance to compete with Will Barton for that three spot? Um, I say, you know, it's a position that could rapidly change throughout the season. Uh, like you said, you know, you know, obviously you're waiting on the improvements that Denny has made over the offseason. Because if Denny shows out, you know, with the defense, last season, his defense, I mean, you know, I went to the, you know, during the, uh, the 10-3 start, I went to the, Milwaukee Bucks game and this dude shut down Giannis and you and you know that's not an right. easy job that's probably the hardest assignment in the NBA outside of you know your iconic guys like Steph Curry and LeBron but you know his defense is is elite level defense and it's you know it, and, you know you just can't teach that so he's a shot away so you know Will Barton on a really good team he's a he's a six man you know um but Kenny Stark you know I compare him a lot to KCP they're very similar players uh very similar games three and D um KCP I thought when he started at the three, he did well, you know. Um, so, I, you know, Will Barton, I think he could do a good job at the three. But long term, I'm, I want to see Denny kind of get into that position. Right, yeah. Yeah, Denny, he just, you know, he has to work on finishing, making layups around, of course, finishing layups, working on his left hand. And I think Will Barton, a, he's a better finisher around the rim, more athletic, and has a better handle at, the, at, the, at this moment. Denny, you know, probably has more potential to be a better playmaker, and he's a better defender for sure, and he provides more length. You know, Will Barton's 6'6", Denny's 6'9", so having long wingspans out there certainly would help, but like you said, I think it's going to be uh, – it could definitely change up. You know, day one, it may be Will Barton, and then we're into game 10 or 15, it may be Denny, it may be Rui. You know, Rui's just got to improve defensively, defensively, but, you know, he's more polished offensively, yeah. you know, so – it's going to be intriguing that three spot for sure. And then, like you said, Will Barton on a championship team, he's really a six man. Like, you know, that'd probably be the better role for him just to come in and just be a microwave uh, type of score. So which lineup are you most excited to see? This man. You to take a one. Um, that's a good question, man. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see several things. First, um, I want to see the tempo. I want to see how fast they can play with Monte Morris. I think that, if you look at Bradley Bill in his career, when he had a point guard that pushed the tempo, he was successful. And in the years he didn't, it, it showed because Bradley Bill is, I mean, as far as a three-level score is, is is up there. I mean, whether you like it or not, he's he's probably one of the best scorers in the game right now, and he is. But as far mm-hmm. as a playmaker, and and you know when you know they played him at the point because they had to. I you know second team, I can see it. And you know now we have Daylon, and we don't need to, but. No, he's best when he has a point guard who can distribute, who can push the pace. You know, John Wall did. I mean, those years, John Wall pushed the pace. You know, um, even Sato, you know, you know, Sato, when he came in, he pushed the pace, you know. And so 
that's what I'm excited to see. Monte pushing the pace um, and Brad going, you know, become a scorer. Not so much a distributor, not so much playmaker, but being the score. If you can be that elite score again, we're good. Um, I want to see how Brad plays with KP. You know, we never really got to see that last season. Um, how they play together, the pick and roll. Man, I mean, if you really get that pick and roll going, you know, that's nasty. That's a nasty squad. And, you know, especially right. Kuz. You know, how those three play together, I think, is going to show really where this team is at. If if Brad and KP and Kuz come in and they really find that chemistry, because, you know, you saw that chemistry with KP and Kuz kind of building late last season. So that's the lineup I'm really excited to see. You know, Morris, Bill, Kuz, KP, at the, you know, and, and you could say Will Barton. You know, I want to see, you know, I'm a, I've always been a big Will Barton fan. So th that would be the lineup I would want to see. There's a lot of defense in that lineup. Um, Kuz did very well defensive-wise last season, a lot better than people thought he would. And, you know, and uh, Persingas, he's he's not a scrub on the defensive end. You know, a lot of people, you know, the injuries, I get it. But, you know, if you look at his, you know, advanced stats, he's not a bad defender at the five positions. So that would be my lineup that I would really like to see next season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the starting yeah, the starting five is definitely an intriguing lineup. Um, Kuz, I mean, Porzingis is you know he averaged one and a half blocks for the last couple of games, of, the last seventeen games of the year with the Wizards. Um, Kuz has been clutch. Yeah, I do want to see them push the pace. I know last year they were like bottom five in pace. They you know West like to play like a slow, methodical game, defensive minded type of game. I do think they should switch it up and try to push the pace. They do have some athletic guys. Kuz is athletic. Porzingis is a lob threat. So I do think they should push the pace. And uh, like you brought up earlier, Brad was really good with John when they pushed when they had a point guard that pushed the pace. Of course, none of the point guards on the roster are going to be that fast, but they could definitely yeah. try to play up tempo and, and, and get a you know just get teams off balance for sure. So I, I do like that lineup as well. Another lineup that I was thinking about it doesn't have Porzingis in it, but of course I would love to see Porzingis and Brad their pick and roll and pick a pop is um, a lineup with Denny, Rui, and Kuz. I thought they played really well last year together. I thought they meshed well chemistry wise. They were together. They played really well. Um, and I think, you know, Kuz can play the five sometimes as a small ball center. Denny would be your three as a lockdown defender, as you brought up earlier, you know, the clamps guarding Giannis and, and Brandon Ingram and other guys, Jimmy Butler did a really solid job against those guys. And then, you know, you have Brad at the two or DeLon Wright or Monte Morris at the one. Um, and then I, I kind of want to see a, a shooting lineup, a three point shooting lineup. And I, a lot of people don't like Brad at the point, but he did a solid job at the point sometimes where he had, you know, 27 points, 17 assists. Um, and against the Bulls, against the Bulls, where they lost that game in a buzzer beater against DeMar DeRozan. Maybe you could put Bill at the one, Kispert at the two to knock down threes, Will Barton at the three to knock down threes, Rui at the four to knock down threes, and uh, Przingis at the five to knock down threes. It's just be a space to floor, knock down three lineup just for a comeback situation if they're down by like 15. Now, I know defensively, it would be rough, you know, Barton and, and Bill and and, uh, you know, Kuz, uh, not, I'm sorry, not Kuz, but Rui, it, it'll be a little rough defensively, but they would be able to space the floor. And Kispert, I'm sorry, Kispert being out there too. Uh, but they would really be able to, to space the floor and, and navigate a comeback. So, uh, but yeah, I do want to talk about some situational lineups here. So this situation, you got one possession left, it's the fourth quarter, and you have one time I left and you need a stop. There's 20 seconds left. What guys are you throwing out there? Which five guys Ooh, are you throwing out there? Good question, man. Um, and I thought about this one too. Um, I would go <laughs> tall. You know, right. I would force, you know, last possession, I'm forcing the team to shoot. 
You know, I'm I'm and with that, I'm putting Gav at the five. I'm putting KP at the at the four. Mm-hmm. I'm putting Kuz at the three. I'm actually putting Will Barton at two and Brad mm-hmm. at the one. Um, yeah. I'm gonna do a, a taller lineup with the last possession because, like I said, I'm gonna force the team to shoot and cut the lane off. And, and that's the thing I like about this team. You gotta, you know, you got a tall lineup. Kuz, man, you know. <laughs> So that that's what I would go with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I yeah, that's a good lineup. I mean, you got length and wingspan. So I do want to talk about that lineup with with KP and Gaff out there because we barely saw last year, but they did a really good job together. You have two twin towers out there. You look at other teams like Gobert and Carl Towns and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Other teams are starting to go big as well. It's not you know they're nowadays you know with the Warriors what they do they should do the knocking down threes the small ball five they're going against the green and. and you know, bringing back old school, having two bigs out there. Um, so that's intriguing there with KP and Gaff, if they can have a lineup like that, um, just guys running the floor and, and finishing around the rim um, and blocking shots. But my lineup, I know you don't have Denny out there, who is arguably our best defender. Um, so I would, I would throw Denny out there. I would have um, Gaff out there at the four. I'm, I'm thinking Kuz. I think Denny at the three, Kuz at the four. Gaff at the five, Brad at the two, or I might have to throw in DeLon right at the two because I know he's a good defender. He can guard one through three and Monte Morris, but it would be crazy not to have Brad out there. I know defensively, he, he's he's up and down defensively, but I think I would have DeLon right at the one. You know, he's, he's, probably, he's our better defender out of the two point guards. You know, he's really good against steals and deflections. So DeLon at the one, Bill at the two, and then Denny at the three. And then actually, you know, I'm going I'm I'm to put KP at the four and Gaff at the five. The only concern is just KP guarding, you know, faster guys out there. If they play the yeah. Celtics like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, how would he do against a quicker four? Yeah, and that's, you know, often the concern with putting him at the four is mm-hmm. how, how he's going to measure up with Tobias Harris, you know. Because your fours now, you know, you, they got KD playing at the four. So, I mean, you know, your fours are more agile now. It's, you know, you do have your Evan Mobley's out there that are bigger guys, but – for the most part, a lot of your fours with these top teams in the East are athletic guys who could easily play the three. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're forwards. They're not so much fours or threes. They're just forwards. You know what I mean? Um, and that would be my biggest reservation with playing KP at the four would be how he can match up with the more athletic fours. And obviously with five, it, it carries his own risk too. My biggest thing with Gaff is this. You know, the, the foul trouble is, mm-hmm. you know, that's the big thing. My biggest complaint about him is the, the foul trouble. You know, if he can stay out of foul trouble and, you know, and really – and that's where basketball IQ comes in. You know, really, you know, staying in the game, you know, that's my biggest thing with Gaff. So, I would love to see Gaff at the five and KP at the, at the four. But, you know, we'll see. So. Right, yeah. And maybe if Bill is in foul trouble, maybe I put Johnny Davis at the two because Johnny Davis was a solid defender in summer league. And he was a good defender in college as well. So, you know, getting a lot of steals and deflections as well. Um, you know, have a long wingspan being physical out there, uh, being good at the point of attack. So I might even throw Johnny Davis, you know, because they did that with Denny last year. They would have Denny. They would sub Denny in for defense in that last two minutes of the game. I think it was the, the Pelicans game against Brandon Ingram and the game against the Bucks that you talked about where they would have Denny in for defensive possession. They would sub him out and they would put – it was either Bertans or somebody like that to knock down a three or be better offensively. If Denny, you know, is still struggling offensively, but he's really giving you a lot defensively, then, yeah, you could throw Denny. You could do something like that during a timeout or, you know, a foul or something like that. You put Denny in. Or, you, you know, like I said, you have Johnny Davis in for defense, and then Brad would come back in for offense. But I doubt they take away their, you know, 
their uh, max player and Bradley Bill. Oh. I highly doubt they take him off the court in that situation. But, you know, just for defensive purposes, I think Johnny Davis definitely could get a look there. So um, sh- um, switching it to the offensive side of the ball. So this possession, it is you're down one point and you need a basket. 20 seconds left or one or even or one minute left. Who who's a five that you're putting out there? Or we can say twenty. We'll, we'll say yeah, twenty seconds left or a minute left. You're down. We can say either down by one or two. Which five guys are you putting out there? Oh man, um, I would put Morris at the one. Uh, obviously, you know, Bill at the two. Um, at the three because we're looking for shooters. I would go. I would man. I would got to go Will Barton at the three. At the four, you would have to go Rui. And then the five, I will go KP. Because like I said, Rui's, that three-point shot looked nice last season. I mean, he really improved. Mm-hmm. And that's all he really, I mean, you can say defense, yeah, he needs to improve. But, I mean, as far as on the offensive side of the ball, all we were looking for from uh, Rui was that three-point shot. So, you know, if you need that shot, I think he showed a lot of, he was very comfortable taking that shot last season. You know, so I would have, I would be very comfortable having him in that situation at the four. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what Did I would Who's in there? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I had uh, Monte Morris at point. I had uh, obviously Bradley Bill at the two, Will Barton at the three, Rui at the four, and uh, KP at the five. The five, okay. Yeah, the only difference I have is, is Kuz. I would have Kuz at the four just because he was so clutch last year. He was our yeah. best clutch player for us, knocking down threes, the Pistons game, the Cavs game. So many clutch moments. Even the Bulls game that we lost, he hit a game, he basically almost hit a game winner than DeMar DeRozan. Uh, hit the three-pointer to seal the game. But, um, yeah, I would have to have Kuz out there at the four. Rui, that's a tough one. Yeah, I would love to have Rui out there because, like you brought up, he was really he was 44% from the three-point line. Um, and he can get to the basket, too. He's really good posting up. And he has a good mid-range, mid-range game, too. Um, so, But looking looking at the other guys that are not in the Denny, – Denny's not in that lineup. Um, DeLon Wright's not in the lineup. Who else is another? Um yeah, Denny is not in the lineup. Well, and then DeLon Wright is not in the lineup. Kispert's not in the lineup. Kispert's a guy I might throw in there to knock down a three if we're down by three. Yeah. Then Kispert's a guy I would look for. You know, you want to get your best shooters out there. Gaffer's not on there. He's more of a defensive-minded guy and a lob threat. So he's those are those are some of the not, notable guys not in there. Johnny Davis is not in the lineup either. Um, so but yeah, it's the the tough one is between Rui and Kuz. But if you're down by three, if you need a three-pointer to tie the game. Who are you putting in there? A three-pointer to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, by default, you got to go Brad Bill. I mean, that money mm-hmm. that money tells you you got to be that guy. You know what I mean? Like, right. that money tells you you got to be that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you get paid that amount of money, you have to be that guy. Um, so, by default, it's Brad Bill. But as far as if I had to choose the guy to, to make that shot, and and, and and real quick, the reason I didn't choose Coos is – it's because, like you said, he was very clutch. Mm-hmm. But I also saw that, and the same thing with Denny, um, the confidence thing. Not so much with mm-hmm. Kuz's confidence, but when Kuz is on, he's on. When he's not, he's not. And that's the only reason I did that. With with Denny, um, he is a confidence thing with him. And I think that's why we're going to see that step forward. Is because last season, you know, when he made mistakes, um, he got down on himself. You, you know, he's like, you know. And when you're in, you know, last minute, it's not about, you know, you got to, it's time to step up. And so three point shot, you got to go with Bradley Bill. I mean, you know, so many factors, 
he's that guy. You know, you get paid that money. You know, look, Steph Curry gets paid because he's that guy. You know what I mean? So, you know, you got to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah, Brad, the only thing is, unfortunately, he hasn't, he hasn't been clutch. He has turned the ball over a lot in clutch moments, tripping over his feet, falling down and whatnot. He, before he was injured, he led – there was a, I remember the Pistons game, he had a backcourt, which was un, an unforced turnover, unforced error. But he's got to work on that. And like you said, it, it, he's, he's getting the big bucks. He's the face of the franchise. He, he's got to be better in the clutch moments for sure. Um, but I'll give my five before you give your five. Kis, I'm, I'm throwing Kispert in there. If we need a three, I mean – we drafted him to be the best shooter, one of the best shooters in the league. He was the best shooter in the draft, quote unquote. That's what they said in the scouting report. Um, so, Bill, Monty Morris is clutch, man. Um, so, I'm going to have Morris at the one, at the two, Bill, at the three, Corey, Kuz at the, Kuz at the four, and then Porzingis at the five. Who was your five? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, that's Galana. I mean, shooting-wise, that's – Probably the best line you could put out there. So I, I totally mm-hmm. agree. That was that would be who I choose. You know, Kispert, his shot. Yeah, I was very impressed with Kispert. I didn't know what to expect out of him. I mean, mm-hmm. really, you know that he's going to come in with a good, with a high basketball IQ because he came from a program like Gonzaga, and that matters, you know, to a certain degree. You know, when you come out of a lot of these schools, you know, if you look at you know players, you know, come out of places like Duke, North Carolina, and, you know, they, they come out with pile of games and they also come out with high basketball IQs. And that's the big thing about say, guys, you know, I look at the Lakers when they had all those guys, you know, the Jewish Randalls, you know, they went to other places and they were very successful because of the high IQ, you know, come out of these top programs, you know, Kentucky. So, you know, Kispert, you know, I knew he was going to come in with, you know, good basketball hit on the shoulders because he's coming out of Gonzaga. But he impressed me, you know, the shot, you know, once he figured out the speed of the NBA game and started getting those, you know, the ball out quicker, because he was, you know, the slow shot got him at first. And, you know, people were, you know, people were seeing that and they were stepping up on defense and getting in his face quicker. So he learned mm-hmm. to shoot the ball, you know, a lot faster. And his shot was a lot better later in the season. So um, that would be the lineup I would choose. I mean, that's probably the best lineup. Yeah, especially if you're on a three now. I like the point you brought up about Danny with confidence. Definitely has to work on that for sure. Um, but you brought up the high Q with, with Corey Kispert as well. I like that. Um, so defensively, how do you like the bench lineup of – DeLon Wright, Corey Kispert, Denny Rui, and Gaff. I see I could I could see that one working. Um Denny would be your point forward, or you know, whether it's Barton at the two or Johnny Davis at the two as well. Denny could be your point forward coming off the bench. Corey Kispert would be your shooter and DeLon Wright. But a defensive lineup could be DeLon Wright, Johnny Davis at the two, Denny at the three, Rui at the four, even though Rui I think Rui can be a good defender. I think Rui was a really good defender. In the 2021 season with Russell Westbrook, I thought he was a really good defender, um, especially in isolation situations. And uh, Daniel Gafford, what do you think about that defensive lineup? Or is there any tweaks that you would look for in a defensive lineup with DeLon Wright, Johnny Davis at the two, Denny at the three, Rui at the four, and Gafford at the five as a bench slash defensive lineup? Um, as, a, as far as bench defensive-wise, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I would definitely have Wright at the one. And – Johnny Davis, I think, is going to be a good defender. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that athleticism, I, I see him right. making a step forward. I see him having a really good rookie season. You know, I don't put too much into summer league per se. You know, right. you've had your good and your bad performances. I, You know, I think it's, it's a, still too small of a sample size to a certain degree. But um, really, yeah, I mean, 
I don't disagree anything. I mean, you had to put Rui at the four and then obviously Gafford the five. I mean, Gafford, you know, my only knock against Gafford is the fouls. I mean, he, uh, I didn't, again, when we made the trade sending Troy Brown over to Chicago, I didn't know what to expect from Daniel Gafford because, you know, his, his game is not, while it wasn't widely known at the time. Um, but he, he really impressed me. Shot blocker, you know, he, he's really been a big catalyst defense in, you know, in the paint. So, yeah, that definitely be my lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have some switchability there. DeLon Wright can guard one through three. Johnny Davis can guard one through three. You know, he's, he's about 6'5", got a long wingspan. The athletic tools that you brought up as well. Denny, switch, he has switchability. He can guard one through five. Uh, Rui has switchability, too. When he really buys in defensively, Gafford, the only thing is the fouls, but I love the Gaff trade. I think he saved the season when when, when we did have, you know, Russ and Bill. We went on a tear. We had, like, nine-game, ten-game win, ten winning streaks. Finished that year 17-6 and then fought our way into the play-in and got that eight seeds. So Gafford was a huge part of that. He just needs a point guard that can really set him up and get easy lobs. Um, but, yeah, before we do head out here, you know, what's your thoughts on the Donovan Mitchell rumors and also and Kevin Durant rumors as well? And uh, where do you see the Wizards finishing in the Eastern Conference this year? Um, Good questions. Um, I think if you're Tommy Shepard, you have to at least put your names in these discussions to let people know that, you know, you're, you're trying. I mean, it's a difficult situation with the when you with the cap. I think we all knew, you know, he was going to sign a supermax. I mean, any but any of us would have in that situation. It's generational wealth. You know, you can say what you want, but you know, it's going to happen. So, I mean, it's it's going to be crafty to really build around Brad. But you know what, Tommy has impressed me. Now he does need to improve on drafting, but as far as making trades, what can you say? I mean, I'm a like I said, I was skeptical at first about the Monte Morris trade just because, you know, I kind of saw Spencer Dimley not so much. I kind of didn't think he was going to be doing well in D.C. because I just I looked at his game in, in Brooklyn and I just didn't see it. So I was very wary about the combo guard. But I think because of the tempo that Morris is I think he's the key. I think he's going to be a, he's going to play good at point. So, um you know, you got to put your names in it, man. Um, do I see them acquiring either one of them? No, I don't, I don't see it because it would take too much of what we don't have. You know, you can look at Ernie Grunfeld. And you, you can look at a lot of these moves, you know, the Bogdanovich move, the Marquise Morris move, and, and really point out that, you know, the, make, the moves you make now really, really impact your future. You know, if you take back those two first-rounders, you, know, you can't really take away what Keith did for us or what Bogdanovich did for us for that playoff push, but what could we have done with those first round picks? You know what I mean? And that really points out, you know, so I don't see it happening. I would love to have KD over Mitchell. I, I don't see Mitchell and Bradley Bill backcourt being successful. You're going to score a ton, but defensive wise is non-existent. So KD would be my choice, but I don't see it happen because we just don't have, we don't have what it takes to get it. And, and KD, he doesn't want to come home. You know, as much as it hurts, you know, he doesn't want to come home. So right. where do I see my boys finishing? Man, this is this is uh at where they stand now with the roster they have now. I can see them at their best finishing six to eight spot, you know, at their worst, 12 to you know, it's 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 a very open-ended answer, you know what I mean? Because you just don't know, you know, they haven't played together, you know, KP, Bill, you know, these they, they have to build that chemistry. So 
you know, like I said, their ceiling to me is a six seed. I don't see them going any higher than a six. Um, there's their floor. I don't see them being the worst team in the East, but I can see their floor easily being 10th to the 12th seed. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think right around that range too. I think they're, they're always in that spot where they're not bad enough to be bad to get a top five pick or the first pick of the draft. And they're not good enough to be a championship contender. Now I think, yeah, and like you brought up with KD, KD, he's from PG County. He just doesn't want to come back home. We already know this. We went through this with 2016, you know, the hashtag KD to DC, hiring Scott Brooks and whatnot. You can go down the whole road. Donovan Mitchell, like you said, defensively, it would be a concern, but it would be too – if they're able to keep Porzingis and get Donovan Mitchell, I would be all in for that for sure. But like you said, they just don't have the assets, the first-round picks, the players, compared to what the Knicks have. The Knicks, the Knicks basically cater their whole offseason just to get picks – they brought in Jalen Brunson, but they got a bunch of picks so they can – or got more picks so they can acquire Donovan Mitchell. Um, so we got to compete with those teams just to get Donovan Mitchell. But, um, yeah, as far as the offseason, I mean, I mean the the prediction, like I, like I, I 100% agree with you, may, at best, six through eight, maybe a fifth seed. Definitely depends on Porzingis and his health. He's that big fish. They, they are thinking that he's the big fish that they acquired, you know, to boost the team and move the needle for them. and. He looked good the last couple games. So, like you said, we haven't seen these guys play together yet, so it's a wait-and-see approach. And I think Bill and Porzingis can be a nasty duo, pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop, and they get some shooters around them, guys that can knock down a three like Monte and Will Barton. Kuzma, you can, you can have a high-octane offense. It's just defensively, Wes Unsell Jr., can he get guys to buy in defensively and the chemistry, things that happened last year, the problems, can he get guys to buy in and, and gel together? So those are the big question marks. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, like I said, as a Washington fan overall, you're skeptical. You know what I mean? So, you know, right. but, you know, Tommy, Tommy is proven and, he, you know, he's trying to prove that he's not Ernie, you know, and that, which was the biggest thing. People call him Ernie 2.0. And, you know, obviously yeah. a lot of us are skeptical, but his trade game is on point. I mean, mm. Russ, you know, just to get rid of Wall's contract was a blessing in itself. Then you get off Westbrook and and obviously he got off at the right time because he just didn't have that right fit in LA but you know he's making the right moves you know so now my big expectation for Tommy is you know stepping your draft gang up because if you're going to be in a spot we're at now where you're too good to get in the lottery or you know the top 10 top five but you know you, you know what I mean so you have to learn to really be crafty as far as you know scouting and developing and that's that's really my thing I want to see from the organization is how to develop players, how to really scout these diamonds in the rough, you know, cause there's, you know, last three drafts, there was a lot of diamonds in the rough and you say what you want about the last three picks we made, you know, I think they're good role players, but would I made different choices. Yeah. But you know, that's what I want to see from Tommy step your, your draft game up. And I think mm-hmm. that he's going to develop into a really good general manager. Yeah. hundred percent. I think, I think the draft, I think the last three guys that we drafted between Corey Denner and Rue are good players. Good rotational players, but I haven't seen blue chip talent yet. I haven't seen all star talent yet. And then, you know, some of the trades and people like we 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 tried to trade for Demontis a bonus, but they found a better offer because you know Tyree they traded for Tyrese Halliburton. So it just kind of shows, you know, where these guys are in their you know how the league views our assets. You know, we just yeah. don't have a, enough ammo. You know, and they're good players. No knock against these guys. I think they show flashes. But all of them have been consistently inconsistent. You know, Rui has his flaws. Good shooter, good offensive player, but defensively he's lacking. Playmaking ability, could rebound. He needs to rebound better. He, I think he's too strong and tall not to rebound 
you know, he needs a rebound better than what he's been doing, especially this past year. Um, Denny making layups, left hand, shooting threes, has some just pin, things that you can clearly see that guys need to approve on. Corey Kispert, Kispert is a, is a, going to be a solid, solid role player in knocking down the three, a la Doug McDermott, Reggie Bullock, guys like Bullock, guys like that, Duncan Robinson. So they're all good rotational players, but none of them have showed all-star potential as of yet. So um, Tommy, I think he's been a good draft, good at drafting, but just not great. And um, there's always some guys that you can name behind, you know, behind Rui that may be better, like Tyrese Maxey and other guys. So, um, but no, I think you hit the nail on the head with the GM with with how Tommy has done so far. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm 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 impressed, you know, because you didn't know what you were expecting. You know, he he was underneath Ernie for so long, and you know, very often than not, you know, when you promote a guy up from underneath a, a general manager that wasn't doing so well, they, they adopt a lot of the same, you know, practices they do. And, and he really set himself apart to a certain degree because, you know, uh, I'm not going to get into drafting with Ernie, but, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> as far as, you know, building around, all right, give it arena's era, you know, building around wall, Ernie never really, I think often than not, a lot of general managers, especially small market general managers tend to over-evaluate their own players. And I think that, you know, what is really going to take to surround Brad with talent? You're going to get rid of some of these guys that you don't want to get rid of. Kuz has got to go. KP's got to go. You know, if you really are serious about getting that next star, you know, because to get KD, to get Mitchell, to get many, you know, to get any kind of above average quality starter in this league, you're going to have to give away assets and, you know, go bear trade, man. I mean, that's that redefined the whole trade game, you know. (laughs) So. 100%. 100%. Yeah, but Brandon, I just want to thank you for coming on, man. Um, I'll put your Twitter down in the in the description box so people can follow you and find you. Big yes, Washington Wizards fan, big Commanders fan. Brandon, I just want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank you guys for listening and making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Locked On NBA. Locked On NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Hell to the Commanders. I mean, it's not hell to the Commanders. Hell to the Wizards. <laughs> Peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.